0: You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. Are you troubled by
1: pop culture references you don't understand?
2: Just trying to figure out a good jumping on point in a long running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a
0: comic book-based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not known what was going on?
1: If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My Big Fat poll
2: List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts are eager to help answer all your comic book-based pop culture questions. We're ready to geek out
0: with you. At one time... Saturday morning was the only reason kids of every age trudged through their dreary weekday lives. Because Saturday morning meant Saturday morning cartoons. There is a generation of kids and young adults that have no idea what I'm talking about. But with the wonder of the internet, streaming services, and good old DVD Blu-ray box sets, the joy of Saturday mornings can be found at any time, anywhere. Jump into your footy pajamas and refill your bowls with sugary cereal because my big fat pull list is flipping through the channels of our youth with the best cartoons of the 1990s. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and of course, our loyal listers. To another edition of my big fat poll list, I am one of your hosts, Mister
2: X. I'm Smurfy.
0: I'm the Bang Man.
2: Pistol Danger.
0: And today we are going to be covering some deep nostalgia, guys. Do you realize that the nineties were about thirty years ago? I don't want to. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, kind of, kind of, kind of crazy. Which makes finding these on DVD a little harder.
0: A little bit. Some of them. Some of them are definitely harder to find. Some of the least uh,
2: popular ones, yes. Yep.
0: Right, well, yeah, yeah. But you won't find many of those on our list because we're only talking about the best of the best. And just to reminder, these are our personal Yes, yeah, these are
1: cartoons. our personal best of the best.
0: Right. I mean, it's not like we're going to belittle anyone for their opinion on what they think is the best cartoons from the 90s. No. We might make fun of you, but we won't belittle you. Correct.
2: We always agree, my big fat pullist, we do not shame at all, no matter what your kink is.
0: No shaming
2: of any kinking whatsoever.
0: In. Now, of course, you're probably wondering, well, guys, what about the 80s? There were a lot of great cartoons in the 80s. Uh, are you sure about that? Do they still hold up? Uh, hell No. <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry, I don't, I don't know any cartoon from the 80s that still holds up today. At I all. Mean,
2: they can be a guilty pleasure.
0: They can be. They yes. can be. So, if you want to hear us talk about our favorite cartoon series from the 80s, well, you're going to have to go over to our Patreon for that. That's right. That's going to be some Patreon-exclusive content. Us talking about shows from the 80s, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Transformers. G.I. Joe. Or maybe even Voltron. Ooh, that's a good one. So yes, make sure you head on over to our Patreon page. Pistol,
2: where can they find it? I have no idea. What good are you? Terrific. I don't know, if only there was some sort of memory muscle I could flex and tell them to go to... Say www.patreon.com forward slash my big fat poll list podcast. I want you guys to know that we've got a lot of exciting tiers. And some of the things we've got coming up are watch alongs, where we'll have video content, play alongs. Now, when you say
0: play alongs, does that mean they get to play along with us or do they get to watch us play? They get to watch us
2: play along. Oh, okay. To Good. A new game, whether it be, you know, pop culture related or. You know, maybe it's just Resident Evil. Who knows? Resident Evil. I still stand by four being the best one. Not the point. The point is, though, head on over to our Patreon page. Sign up for a tier that sounds just right to you. Gentlemen, let's start the decade off strong. and Let's start it off with everyone's favorite fowl, Darkwing Duck. In 1991, Darkwing Duck debuted starring the voice acumen of Jim Cummings. Darkwing Duck is a beloved one. We've actually done a whole episode just on the Foul Crusader himself. And if you want, I'm sure there'll be a link in the show notes. So what are some of your favorite characters and or episodes, or just moments in general?
1: That's a loaded question, man. Like, that's loaded. You want me to pick my favorites? Oh, yeah. I was not ready for this. You know what? I'll be honest. I think the first season start off a little like I don't know, first first few episodes. Sorry, started off kind of tough for me because I did not get to see these in order. But then going back and rewatching them in order, you can see the progress of Darkwing become like a better superhero. You know, you see Goslin's transformation from this the adopted daughter by force almost into like the superhero which she kind of becomes later on. That was really cool for me because like back in the '90s, you didn't see the whole lot. You know. Yeah. Like, at least early 90s, I should say, because you're used to the 80s stuff where it was all episodic and you just, you know, the, every episode is its own thing. You're like, oh, this has got continuity. Ooh, this, they're, they're character developing. This is interesting.
2: Well, I feel there was uh, a loose continuity here. It was uh, a very, uh, yeah. Really? It felt like guys, it was the start of a continuity. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they're like them trying it out, like training yeah. wheels continuity. Mm hmm.
0: The thing about Darkwing Duck is I feel like had it had an actual continuity, it would have been a much better show the handful of times when it does stick to continuity, when they bring characters back and there are, are small references to previous appearances. That's always great. But for the most part, this is still one of those throwback shows that was very reminiscent of shows from the eighties that didn't follow a continuity. That was just every episodes, a new adventure and a new opportunity for us to sell toys. Gaya. Yeah. And boy,
2: did I have those toys. You gotta love the toys. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite characters, I think he's kind of underappreciated, is the Liquidator. I always loved the Liquidator episodes. Uh, I think, what did Smurfy call him? Water Dog? Yep. Yep. Water Dog. Water Dog. Definitely and, one of my favorites. I Nowadays, like the electric mouse. Megavolt? You mean Megavolt?
1: Sure. <laughs> by, his, by his street name, Sure. It's government name, whatever.
2: That's right. Honestly, to me, the villains always shown in this, especially in—we're not going to talk about the comics as we already have, uh, especially there. Like the villains, to me, are what make this show so fun, too. He does have an interesting rogues' gallery, man.
1: Like when you go through and think about it, like his his villains were very kind of very cool, you know, very interesting.
2: And they and they kind of span the spectrum too, because he doesn't—he has his street level villains. He has got espionage villains. He's got super villains, He's even got like magic villains like Paddywhack. So Darkwing Duck kind of had a little bit of everything. He even has a team of his own Justice Ducks.
0: Before there were a bunch of superhero cartoon shows everywhere, this was one of the first.
1: All right, guys, that brings us to our next one. I'm talking Batman the animated series, 1992, sir, where Batman is voiced by none other than Kevin Conroy, who's become like a legend, I feel like, over the past 30 years. Uh, Every time you hear his voice, it just sends goosebumps down my spine, because I think he does a phenomenal voice actor as Batman.
2: And I just want to say, thanks to, even though I didn't care for it, the Crisis on Infinite Earths, we can now say Kevin Conroy is the definitive Batman voice.
1: The show... I don't know if you guys remember or not, or for our listeners who have no idea what's going on, the show started out kind of dark where it was literally just Batman kind of fighting his basic Batman villains. And then they introduced Robin into the series. Uh, and it was still had like a darker tone, and I felt like it was a little bit more adult for a kid's cartoon. It was very dark blacks and grays and a very serious tone to it. Every time I'm watching it as a kid, certain episodes would like actually like. Hold me in suspense as to what was going on because the like I don't know it just felt very real and it felt very cool and it felt very dark and very brooding and very Batman.
2: Yeah, I think one of the episodes that always sticks with me is kind of one of the sadder episodes in my mind, and it's the episode about Baby Doll. You remember her? Oh yeah. Okay. The actress stuck in like the body of a child, but she's a grown woman. Yeah, she had like
1: the um, the curly blonde
2: hair. Yep. Yes. And there- that was that was always like a great tragedy episode to me, uh, because especially when they do the uh, haunted or the funhouse and you see what she would look like as a, as a, like an adult and she just never gets it. And it, it to me, it's it, it showcases the great storytelling of Batman to be able to showcase a tragedy like that and still make her the villain. Good stuff, guys.
1: The two episodes that stick out for me are uh, the one, and it's just a scene from it, is when he fights the uh, ninja guy on the volcano, like the karate master guy, who, like, he takes his shirt off and he's got, like, that skull tattoo with fire, and they're literally having a karate fight over, like, an active volcano. And you you see, like, Batman's true, like, karate, like, you know, his, like, expertise in karate. And then you see, like, later on, this guy knows a finishing move that if he hits you right, it can kill you by hitting your heart. And Batman uses detective skills to figure out that that's what the guy was going to do and wore a breastplate that would hold that certain spot protected from him during the fight. So, I, like, as a kid, you're like, that's just a, that's a lot to put in there. Like, very, uh, for me, smart writing shows Batman's detective skills, his athletic ability, his ninja skills. I was like, damn. Like, you know, that shows Batman as being everything. The other one is the the episode where they have the Phantom, where all those, like, remote RC cars are going around blowing stuff up. And it goes to, like, Batman's childhood. Like, that, that whole episode I thought was just awesome.
2: And where Adam West voices the uh, the Gray Ghost? Yes. Yeah, man. uh, oh, there's so many great episodes here, Mister X. You got a favorite episode of this? Uh, it's
0: hard. It, it's hard to really pick. Sometimes it's uh, it's more of a focus on the villain. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed how this show for the major, not not always. There were a handful of of villains that they just introduce and it's like they've always been around. But I think uh the two parter that stuck out for me is the introduction of Two-Face. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that one's good. Because that was really good and you got Clancy Brown playing the voice of Two-Face. Uh, I think that's another thing that sticks out is is this show had like a stellar voice cast. Not just Kevin Conroy, but you had True. full-on celebrities Playing the voices of these bad guys and, and this was this is one of those shows that started to this was the transition show
2: yeah like i remember like and this is gonna sound weird but i, I remember a, in a few of the mr freeze episodes there there's always that escalation of stopping him like in one they can throw like an electrical batarang into his chest plate and it like short circuits him and then the next one they try and he's like not today Like, he, like, upgrades as it goes. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Thinking about it, I think probably the best episode, one of the best episodes to me, came from the end of the last season, I would imagine. The one where it's all been a dream, where Barbara Gordon dies, and Jim Gordon goes after Batman and the Bat family. I'm literally getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like, Robin and Nightwing, like, hold up as, like, this tank starts rolling up, and all these officers oh, Scarecrow was a hell of a villain in this series. Now that I'm thinking about him. All the villains, I
1: think they did exceptionally well in this cartoon series. Yeah. And let's not forget Mark Hamill being the Joker, which as a kid, when you find that out, like blows your mind that Luke Skywalker is a bad guy. You know, it just kind of like frizzles your brain. But he did a phenomenal job as the voice of Joker in this.
0: This is the show that definitely got me interested in the world of mutants in marvel comics x-men the original animated series from 1992 Uh, i was already interested in the x-men and the concept of mutants i was already dabbling in marvel comics i knew the major players but it wasn't until this cartoon came along that you know, you started learning things about characters. But then the funny thing is, is that you start reading the comic books and you're like, wow, cartoon got it all wrong.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. I think why I loved this one so much and why it was so huge on me is because one, the X-Men are terrific. But two, Pizza Hut did this offer where if you got like a kid's pizza, you got like the, the I think three, there were three VHSs, each containing three episodes. I yeah,
1: two or three episodes, right.
2: Yeah, so like I made sure like when that happened, I immediately got them and then I wore those tapes out rewatching it because at the time you don't have YouTube. You don't have any sort of like rewatch system unless you record them or have them. And so having these three VHSs, I would record, I would watch during the week and then when the weekend came, there I was sat down waiting to see what the X-Men were up to. I remember every
1: Saturday, 10.30, you clicked on uh, Fox, which, which you know, Fox, whatever, Cart- whatever Ooh. channel that was. I think it was like 2 or 30 back then, whatever. But you would put it on 1030. That was X-Men time. And that was also the end of the Saturday morning run of cartoons. But you ended it with X-Men, and it was always super exciting.
0: Ah, uh, the days of VHS
2: and time recorders. And literally two On TVs. your VCR. To me, one of the best stories that's kind of glossed over is Morph. And like because I was thinking about it when we talked about it, like, man, they've got like, they do, they do some comics, they do some comic storylines and they're not perfect, but then there's morph and he's correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. X, he was written in just to die.
0: Yes. Yes. The character was written into the, the pilot episodes just so that the audience would then wonder, Oh, Who's going to be next? Now, the funny thing about it is, is that adults at that time, smart people at that time, you know, people who pay attention at the time, probably could have figured out that Morph wasn't going to be around very long because he wasn't in the opening credits. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Everybody else was in the opening credits. So when the one character who wasn't in the opening credits dies during your two part opener looking back on it, it's not that big of a surprise.
2: Yeah. Especially since some of the opening had characters that might've only showed up for one episode. Well, yeah. Beast in that
0: first season, Beast, Beast was in jail the majority of that season. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of times where he had a cameo for a couple of seconds in an episode, but for the majority of it, you didn't see Beast in season one, but that Right. right there proves that this show started out with, we're going to have overarching stories, you know, characters will develop, plot lines will develop. And in the early nineties, this is, you know, Batman, the animated series and X-Men were prime examples of how networks were trying to get away from the old standard of storytelling for cartoons because they're realizing, Hey, you know what? The kids eventually grow up. How do we keep those kids, when they're young adults, still watching? Well, you have to be a little bit smarter than just episodic television. And and these shows, Batman and and X-Men
2: especially, are prime examples. And that intro. Huh. I yes. still sing it to myself. Love it.
0: That intro is what me and my wife walked out to after... Uh, after our wedding service, when you know the wedding's all done, we went out and took pictures, and then when we came back in for the reception, that's what played when they announced us as husband and wife, you know, Mister and Mrs. X, and uh, then you know, <laughs> pretty awesome. That's how we came out. Yep, it was. It was so you know awesome.
2: what tight. It's time. For Animaniacs. In 1993, Warner Brothers released what essentially is a series of shows. Because not only is it Animaniacs, but they also had little shows in there, like Pink and the Brain that would eventually get a full-time show. And then a multitude of other smaller characters that also kind of felt like pilots to see if they would also catch on like the others. But Animaniacs was probably... The absolute best example of a cartoon that was fun and educational at the same time.
1: They also did it kind of like Saturday Night Live, if you think about it. Like, they had their little, like, skits and little inserts here and there. Like, good idea, bad idea, you know?
2: Yeah, Wheel of Morality. Yeah, Wheel of
1: the- Morality right at the end. Uh, You know, and I, I think it was super smart written and way above its time. Or way before its time.
2: Oh, definitely. I, I always remember the fingerprints joke yes went over my head until like maybe five years ago mostly because i didn't think about it for a while but like once i resaw that i was like you sly sons of bees well
1: whenever they would draw celebrities too they'd always poke fun at the celebrity and as a kid i never got it and re-watching it now i'm like oh like they had one where there was like a big celebrity like whatever ball going on and all the celebrities were at the tables and nobody would sit near christopher walkins and, like, I did not get it at the time, and now I totally get it. Because, like, you see him, like, back then, he's just a really creepy guy. And so he was sitting at a table by himself, and I, I, I now I'm like, that is genius writing that no celebrity went to sit with him. I'm like, that is this genius, fantastic, fun writing. Mm-hmm. I remember when they had uh, all their songs on it, too. Like, they had the Friendship song, and where, uh, like, they sing all 50 states, you know, like they sing all the countries of the world. Like all those, those were all super great. And that's why I love that cartoon. And that's why for me, this would also be on the list.
2: Oh yeah. Like some of the songs were the best. Right. And that's what I mean when I say like they're educational too, is like, I still remember most of the lyrics to the world countries. Right. The world's countries have changed since then, but like, come on. Like if you can get a kid to remember a song about the different countries of the world. I think they even did one about states and their capitals.
1: Yeah, and they also did one where, uh, what was it? Uh, Wacko sang every word of the uh, dictionary, but they didn't show it all. They showed it in like pieces, (laughs) like a highlight reel from a sport event. And they're like, ooh, watch here as he screws up in the tees. And like, I just remember laughing a lot in that. So,
2: yeah. This was a great show and I'm sad it's not more available. I hope the reboot is good. I hope it's uh, DuckTales 2017 and not... uh, some of the other reboots and con- cartoons we've gotten. Ugh.
1: All right, guys, that brings us to our next one, which would be Exo Squad, which came out in 1993. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this or
2: not. I remember the toys, and I remember having some of the toys, because it was about mechs, and I love mechs.
1: Right. Mr. X, do you have any recollection of this at all? No. Okay, well, I'll just... Just to sum up real quick, guys, uh, it was only on for about two years, and you are correct, it was... It was made it was supposed to be set in the far future where uh humans decide to clone themselves and the clones were pretty much slaves like they did all the work all the mining all the farm work all that and of course humans were like we'll make them bigger and better so they were about seven feet tall huge ripped you know aliens that were blue skinned and we do all the work for them well these these slaves decided that they had enough and decided to rebel and when they rebelled Everything goes sideways, and that's what the whole series is pretty much about. Is it's about humans fighting the clones that they created? Like they're fighting their own creations. But in this futuristic world, they can get in what they call e frames, which is a, a, a pretty much a mech. They all had different types of mechs for it. They had like space mechs, and they had ground mechs, and they had all that kind of stuff. And you would they'd plug into your head, and you could control this like mech and fly through space and everything else and fight. For when it was set, and for something new, they actually kill off characters. Which was the first time in a cartoon I've ever experienced that. Like, they killed off guys and they stayed dead. Hmm. So, as a kid, it was shocking because you're, you, uh, you know, American cartoons, they don't kill off the heroes. Heroes always live and survive and win. I'm used to like Transformers and G.I. Joe, where the good guys always prevail. And in this, not so much. In the first, like, whole season, good guys are not doing so well. So,
2: hmm. What an interesting premise because. When you described how that worked, I'm totally on the slave side, or the clones' sl- side. Right, which which would make sense. Like, now that I'm older, you kind of see it. And, like, the
1: whole way the clones did it was smart, is that uh, at the time the humans were fighting these pirates out in space, so they sent their entire military to go fight these pirates out in space. And once the military was gone, they're like, we're taking over. And it wasn't just on Earth. They were on Earth, Mars, and Jupiter. And they took over Earth them all. And they're like, these are ours now. And they enslaved the humans.
2: I mean, fair play,
1: I guess. Right. And like, for me, it was like very adult theme. Like I said, like a lot of people died. It was a lot about people who had family back on like, you know, earth and they were like, I don't know how my family's doing. And my brother could be dead. And like, we haven't heard word from them. They're freaking out, but they still to do their job as the military. And like, I don't know, man, it hit for me, it hit on a, like a lot of different levels. Like the animation could have been cleaner, but I felt like that like this plot line was pretty well written.
0: Sounds like an interesting show.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I know I'm probably oversimplifying it, but uh, since you guys haven't seen it, uh that's the best way i can sum it up like it does get more in depth than that um they do show like what's going on on earth and in outer space and how people are dealing with everything and it's it's very like complex actually when you start diving down into it and i could probably talk about it for another hour and a half but i'll leave you guys at that and if you want to if you want to know more because i want to watch it sometime i do own it on dvd they only released the first season which sucks so i'm really hoping they release second season soon
0: stone by day warriors by night 1994 saw the debut of gargoyles in my opinion the greatest animated series ever or at least i should say those first two seasons
2: yeah yes that yeah. Big season was was funky as heck <laughs> it gets out there
0: when season three went to uh Saturday ABC Saturday morning, and instead because before it was syndicated, right? So, so they were really being able to do whatever they wanted, and then you know, it's like, oh, well, you're popular, let's put you on Saturday morning. There's a lot of guidelines you gotta follow. Yeah. God, it really ruined the show, I feel like. It and it did, it did. The animation quality went down mm-hmm. s- slightly the storytelling went down way down well
1: it, it got more kitty didn't it It became more like kid friendly than like those adult themes right yeah, Well,
0: I, I don't even want to say that it, it in in most aspects yes okay but but they introduced because it, spoilers for anybody who's not seen gargoyles and if you haven't come on guys what 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 are you doing with your lives it's like 30 years old come on in the beginning of season three, the gargoyles are are known to the world. They've 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 been on television. They've they've been spotted. The people of New York know they exist. So you have essentially the KKK for gargoyles, Jeez. which are called the stonemasons. Of <laughs> course, they are who no. wear blue hoods. Illuminati. No, the Illuminati was oh. in the show. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this show this show was deep. It had a whole bunch of stuff, but the adult theme is, is that these hate mongers in blue hoods went around with like electric sledgehammers. And during the day they would just destroy any gargoyle statue they found with the hopes of it being one of the gargoyles. Jeez. So that's, that's adult, but that was as adult and dark as it got in that third season. Everything else was very dumbed down, sadly. But this show was something that I remember coming out when I was in high school, junior high in high school, and they would show it in the morning, early in the morning, around seven o'clock. So it would be just it would come on just before I would have to leave to catch the bus. So I'd tape it. I was I was taping every episode so that I could then watch it when I got home. And then, of course, taping them in order, and and this was the this was the show that made me appreciate Shakespeare, because mm-hmm. before then I didn't. I I mean, I still don't care about Shakespeare like most people do, but I at least appreciate it
2: for what it is. I mean, it made Macbeth a believable villain for this show. Yeah, right,
0: right. Most of the mythology that they follow around, there was this whole part of a. I want to say the, the the first half of the second season, where. I call it Goliath's World Tour, where they're traveling through magical skiff to Mm -hmm. different locations around the world. And they end up interacting with different either representations of mythology, folklore, hell, even religion. And you learn so much about the world. And I felt so, so much smarter for watching the show.
1: I remember that skiff. Uh, I remember that part of it. I thought that was a very cool way to evolve the cartoon, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't think that. I was like, what a cool thing.
0: It, it, it was one of those shows that did flow into the next episode. Right.
2: Oh, I remember the huge reveal of Puck, too, being Xanatos's side. Uh, oh, that's right. His little side. His his assistant. His assistant. Just because Puck thought it would be funny to be a human for a while. And and like follow along with Xanatos and his crazy schemes.
1: Yeah, with with his stone hand. Remember his stone, and they kept that going forever.
0: Uh, uh, Yet another show that had a great voice cast. Yes, Uh, I mean half of them being from the cast of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yep. Yes. Uh, This was one of the first cartoons I remember ever seeing actual blood Uh, when uh, when Alisa, who who is a police officer. Uh, one of the gargoyles, I, I, I want to say that it was Brooklyn, was uh, playing around with her gun, and oh, it yeah. accidentally goes off, and she gets shot, and you see the blood pooling underneath her. You, yeah. you you hadn't seen blood in a cartoon show before, and then to 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 add to it, Elisa Maza is now for several episodes she's in the hospital recuperating. And then several episodes after that, she's walking with a crutch and she's not on the job. She's still on, on, on medical leave. And then half a season later, you know, she's putting on the badge again. She's putting her gun back into its holster and she's back to work. And it's like, holy crap. Most shows would have gone, oh, well, Elise got shot last episode. So we're just going to fast forward And this episode.
2: Everything's
0: fine.
2: Yeah. We're going to joke about it. Maybe.
0: Yeah, this and and it's also one of the shows that I remember for the first time ever hearing the words "I will kill them."
1: Mm-hmm. You don't
0: hear the word "kill" in huh. animated cartoon sh- in cartoon shows for kids back then. True. Yeah, but that was something I a lot of firsts, I would say for for gargoyles, and that is why I believe it is is still even to this day. Those first two seasons are some of the best animated storytelling out there. Couldn't agree more.
2: Let's talk video games that got turned into cartoons. In 1995, Earthworm Jim took the leap from console to small screen. And this was a great little show. If I remember right, for me, it was on Channel 11, WB, and... It was the adventures of Earthworm Jim and his sidekick Peter Pup. Yep, Peter Puppy. Right. Yep. And then, <laughs> do you remember some of the villains' names? I, I'm trying to remember the, the crow's name because it's not Scarecrow, is it?
1: Uh, no, it's not Scarecrow. Hang on, I just had to give me one hot second. Okay, here we go. It is a, uh, it is ScyCrow.
2: ScyCrow. PS
1: voiced by Jim Cummings.
2: Yeah, and then the fish in the bowl of water.
1: Uh, I don't remember that one, but there was Princess, what's her name?
2: She was, yes, she was Jim's love interest. There
1: was Professor Monkey for a head. Okay. Evil the Cat. Queen Slug for a butt. (laughs) 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 And those, and I don't know if you guys remember or not, but like before they would cut to a commercial break, they would always have like an announcer come in and they'd be like, will Peter Puppy solve the crime? Will Earthworm Jim do this? And then they would say some random, stupid, kind of weird fact. And they'd be like, will the United States ever adopt a metric system? Oh, I think not. And then it would, like, cut to a commercial. And, like, it would just crack me up because it caught you so off guard. Because you were like, well, what is up with this cartoon? That's why I loved it. So it was off the wall.
2: I remember, I do, I do kind of remember that. But I also remember a scene where Earthworm Jin has, a, like, a, the evil clone, the opposite clone or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, getting his butt kicked. He goes, wait. And he's like, what? It's like, you are the complete opposite of me, Right. Yes, I'm good, you're bad. Like this, that, yeah, this, that. Yes, yes. He's like, Well, I hate to lose, so you must love to lose. And like the clone looks at him for a second and goes, Don't take it so literally. (laughs) I've always appreciated that attempt of uh, civility to get out of it instead of, and I just always love the clones, like, Oh, wait, is this true? No.
1: Do you remember that, like, the suit had its own, like, mind of its own every once in a while? Yeah, when Jim would accidentally get ne- knocked out of it or That's whatever. It yeah. Knocked out or the suit would pull Jim out of it, <laughs> like, for whatever reason and run away. Yeah. I, again, I loved it. I thought the cartoon was, like, it was just so terrific.
2: And the games were great, too. Yeah, because there yeah. were three, essentially there were three main characters. There was Earthworm Jim, the suit, and Peter Puppy. And right. whenever Peter Puppy would Hulk out is when you knew it was getting real. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was his ability. He'd just Hulk out and go crazy. All right, guys, that brings us to our next one. I am talking the Man of Steel, Superman, the animated series, which debuted in 1996. If you guys don't remember this at all, it had the same animation style as Batman, the animated series. They would even every once in a while kind of like have them play right next to each other on the same hour, uh, almost combining them, if you will. I almost like to think of this as like the opposite of Batman The animated series, because Superman was very, it was very bright. It was very like kind of bold colors. He mm-hmm. always saved the day, same animation style, and it was like a little bit more lighthearted, but yet super fun, and I absolutely loved it.
2: Oh yeah, and they even showed up, and I think for a while they even had like a block called like the
1: yeah the, the Adventures of or something. It was the Adventures of Batman and Superman. Yeah, yeah, and then they just play those like I said side by side. Yeah, the villains I thought were really well. I don't think he has as great of a rogue you know gallery as say, Flash and Batman the Animated Series did, but he did have. His, his villains that he fought. And uh towards the end of the series, when Doomsday arrives, it gets real adult real fast.
2: Oh, I remember, like, it's got a lot of, like, small uh, adult undertones, too. Yes. Because the episode with Lobo, where you meet the main man for the first time. Because uh,
1: Superman's dead, allegedly.
2: No, it's because uh the Collector wants the last of every like species. You're right, sorry.
1: He yeah, shows up right. on Earth later on, when he thinks he's dead, to kind of fill in for Superman. That all goes sideways. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, sorry, that's <laughs> but, what I'm thinking
2: calabac and makes him say uncle by piling tires on him yes Ma- main man was great but in this like he's like i want the last son of krypton so lobo gets him he wins the fight against superman yep. through cheap underhanded tactics takes him there and then lobo is betrayed yep but then what you find out is lobo is the last of his kind and it, like each one each cell is something that will keep the person or the animal content and superman's just like a really nice apartment yeah and lobo is He's got like two hussies with him mm-hmm. and like booze, but it doesn't say like booze on it. But you can tell what he's got yeah, in there. He
1: tells beer. It was a brown bottle. That yeah, happy. Yeah, you can tell his booze.
2: Yeah, and he's and the two uh, the two women in there are uh, definitely there to keep Lobo happy. And I always remember that being like, "Huh, fair enough." This is why I always like Lobo just a little bit better than Superman, you nerd.
0: Well, it's one of those things to where the the shows are being created by fans of older material. Now they're adults. Now they have the power to tell the stories and they know, hey, yeah, this is going to be fun for kids. They'll like this part. They'll like the the flashy colors and the cool sound effects and the the, the big epicness. But they were also making stuff that they would watch as well. So oh, yeah. so it's skirting, skirting the, the, the parameters of how adult can you make a kid show and how kitty can you make an adult show kind of a thing back and forth. Cause there was a lot, there was a lot of stuff that if you watch these cartoons again, I mean, especially Animaniacs, Animaniacs got away with a lot. Oh yeah, they did just because of how they worded things. Yep. But Superman, the animated series, Superman. This is this is how I got my knowledge of Superman and his rogues gallery. And like Smurfy said, it, it it wasn't huge. They're not as colorful as, let's say, Batman's rogues gallery. But uh, he did have some interesting uh, foes, and there were some interesting stories to be told with Superman. And yet again, another another example of great voice casting. So you've got Clancy Brown again. Yep. Making the leap, he's he's Two Face over in Gotham, but he's Lex Luthor in Metropolis,
1: an amazing Lex Luthor.
0: One of the things that I loved is I'm a huge fan of Michael Ironside, and he was the voice of Darkseid.
1: Oh yeah, that's
0: right. I was just about to say him.
2: He is perfect.
0: Yeah, and then of course to to keep with the the whole New Gods and and Apocalypse crew, uh, Granny Goodness was voiced by Ed Asner. Which I think is just brilliant voice casting right there.
2: Yeah. Uh, And what I always liked about this show is that it understood who Superman is, what he stands for, and what makes him a compelling hero versus a boring hero. You know what I mean? Yes.
0: On the cusp of the new millennium, we get the Batman of the future, Batman Beyond. 1999 i remember the marketing for this was almost aimed at adults
1: Dude, a very very like i feel like upper teenager you know ish like sixteen right. and it up felt, crowd
2: it felt very mature for what they were doing because they would always show like the club scene of everybody dancing and having a good time and like well you figured the, terry well
1: you know batman was terry mcginnis and he was what a senior in high school junior senior in high school roughly so, yeah. yeah, like that was our like, I feel like that was our target audience. Like, let's go for some like the older crowd. Uh, I know for me, this is one of my favorite cartoons ever, Uh, to be honest with you. Like, I loved it. Every time it came on, I loved the theme song. I loved all the characters. Like, I loved everything about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's even got what I, what I think is the best Batman animated movie in Return of the Joker.
1: Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a phenomenal movie. Like, straight to, it was straight to DVD movie, but it was great.
2: Well, again, and I think it's it's also got phenomenal writing. Even though it's only three seasons, it understands the stories it wants to tell because it understands who its main character is and who its supporting characters are. And it tells stories around them that make sense. And I think that's absolutely terrific.
0: Yeah, well, we're here in the late 90s. Episodic cartoons kind of went bye-bye here the end of the 90s into the early 2000s. But then they came back, yes. in In the two thousands, because attention. I'm just going to say attention spans. Yeah, because it seems like there was a lot of animation that was just I'm going to be as dumb as I possibly can because the entertainment value people don't want stories; they just want something flashing in front of their eyes.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and like the the story of of this of Max slowly figuring out that Terry is Batman. chef's kiss delicious terrific stuff
1: i also liked every episode terry would learn a new skill or gadget he has yeah which you'd use later on too but that's we're
0: we're not used to that we're not used to seeing that because you know when we watched batman the animated series he's already batman
1: right you might have a flashback of him learning a skill but he already had everything he needed right
0: exactly exactly this is this is when it's like ooh, he's a teenager i'm a teenager i could be a batman
1: but yeah, for for people who haven't seen it, it's a story of in Bat- this year Batman's retired. There was no Batman for a while. Terry McGinnis's dad gets killed. He gets pissed. He 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 rolls around. Someone's tied to Bruce Wayne, and then he finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman by breaking into the mansion. And Bruce Wayne's like, "All right, I'll train you. If you're going to do this, I'll train you to be my Batman. You know, I'll train you to be Batman. I'll be in your ear guiding you the whole time." That was mm-hmm. awesome. I was like, "Wow, what a way to evolve the story, and make it awesome."
0: Yeah, and I still say that they need to make a live action version oh, yeah. of this with Michael Keaton. Agreed. As old man Bruce Wayne teaching young Terry
2: McGinnis. I don't think anybody's going to fight you about that. Who would you cast as young Terry McGinnis?
0: Tom Uh, Holland. uh, Uh, There you go. I mean, I think there'll be a little bit of uh, a. He'd be great. Yeah. I don't know if he
2: could get out of his Spider Man contract.
1: I don't
2: know if I want him to either, but, you know, I'm just saying. Perfect world. Yes. Perfect world. Tom Holland.
1: Perfect world. I'd go back and get what's his name. Will whatever his name was. I can't pronounce his last name. Wheaton. <laughs> no, the guy who voiced Terry McGinnis. Oh, I thought his first name was Will. He was, maybe. The, he was,
2: the, he was the brother from Boy, yeah, Meets, Boy
1: world. Meets World. Exactly. He's too old now, though.
2: I think one yeah. of my favorite episodes of this whole show too was the the return of Mister Freeze and his tragedy. I like the Batman tragic villains episodes really well. If you can't tell,
0: well, and it makes funny. the villains compelling.
2: Yes. And no villain is more tragic or better written in the animated series versions, I feel, than Mr. Freeze.
1: Well, because Mr. Freeze's story is so tragic to begin with. The only reason he's a bad guy is he's trying to save his uh, wife. Mm
2: -hmm. He needs
1: money to save her to continue his experiments. So how do you get money? Quickest way? Become a bad guy, Rob Banks. Yep. So he became a bad guy of necessity. So it was just like, man, like you kind of feel for the guy.
0: And it's those type of uh, villains that you can relate to that make the storytelling more compelling. Because then you're like, "Oh, I want I want good to triumph over evil." But how evil is he really? Oh, wait a minute he's just he just froze a whole bunch of people. I don't know (laughs) if I can forgive that.
1: Right, like he just froze a bank and all the security guards. Oh, I guess he's a bad guy. Never mind. Like, okay, I was wrong.
0: I mean, you know, where science tells you you're dead. But in comic books and cartoons, it's like, oh, Batman, you have only two minutes to defrost them or (laughs) else they're dead. Will you follow me or will you save their lives? Tick tock, Dark Knight. And I'm like, well, I guess this is your way of making him not a mass murderer. Right. Like they're still alive
1: in theory, unless you let them die, then it's your fault. This is your fault, right. Batman. <laughs> yeah,
2: if you let them die. It's your fault, Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's your
0: fault. Yeah, it's all you. You you killed these people.
2: But don't
1: worry, Batman has his anti-defrosting batarang. Always <laughs> at the always at handy in his bat belt. He's got this.
0: Yes, and so does
2: Batman Beyond. Yep. There's one cartoon that's not on our list, but it's it's, it's okay. It's, it's it's times in the rough seasons. But what the creator has spawned from that show in 1999, Matt Groening gave us Futurama, and fuck this show. I cry every time that dog dies. I yeah. am a blubbery mess because this show is terrific. This show, it's like it's almost like an animated version of Scrubs, where like two seasons full of just all fun and games, and then there's that one episode, season three, and you can't I can't handle it Did it kicks you in the dick every time right every time and you know it's coming and it, it still hits you you hope for the happy ending and then you like in, in just in this one episode out of two seasons they're like no, you get dick you got happy endings for two and a half seasons now learn to feel
1: ah uh, feelings well they also do it again later on. When uh, Fry realizes that a Philip J. Fry uh, yeah. got really successful and he was like, my brother, my brother, what was his name? Lancey stole my name, became really famous. And turns out it wasn't his brother. It was his brother's kid.
2: Who he named after, after his
1: brother because his brother went missing and was presumed dead. So you're just like, oh, like right in the heart again. You're like, damn it. I'm like, damn you. drama, mm-hmm. like, why are you doing this to
2: me? He finds his grave and wipes it off. He's about to like do something and it's his in loving memory of his uncle. Yeah. And it's like the whole episode, you're just like, oh, God, my heart. Because <laughs> you're all full of anger, and you're like, uh ugh, <laughs> uh. It's like, my righteous fury has turned to heart pain. What is this? Right.
1: So all of our fans and listeners out there, what cartoon series from the 90s do you think belonged on this list? Let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, comment on our YouTube channel if you want. We respond to everything.
0: Now we've just rattled off a list of the shows that we thought are the best animated series from the nineties, but everybody is allowed a guilty pleasure. So we're going to go down the line and we're going to talk about our guilty pleasures real quick before this episode wraps up. And the funny thing about it is, is that pistol your guilty pleasure. Isn't even from the decade we're talking about.
2: (laughs) Correct. Uh, Before I knew we were doing 90s only, I picked this as my guilty pleasure because it absolutely is. And it is, of course, the 1986 The Real Ghostbusters cartoon. Because I can't... I I love this. And if I could, I would put this on my top 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever cartoons. But if I'm comparing it to the cartoons we just listed, I love it, but it doesn't hold a candle. The best continuity thing I think it does is it explains why the Ghostbusters have to get rid of their jumpsuits and have the new multicolored jumpsuits. After that, man, it's a a ride. It is an absolute ride of a good episode and then a terrible episode. And then there's the boogeyman who I still hate, Frank Welker. That voice scares me and you should be shamed for it. That that cartoon I remember was being kind of
1: dark and really creepy. Like, like it legit, like almost scared me as a kid.
2: Yeah, because like eventually they get into like actual occult things, right? Werewolves and vampires crossbreeding somehow. I don't remember Cthulhu. I think even shows up or like the cult of Cthulhu. Like it get it goes in places. (laughs) Like for a while they were like, let's just make a cartoon to sell toys, and then like you know what? Let's put Cthulhu in here, and it's like. Those two don't mix. Let's scare the bejesus out of children.
1: Here we go. Yeah.
0: Well yeah, they realized, oh, well, maybe this, this show is too dark. Let's liven it up. And then the later seasons became Slimer. Yep. And the real Ghostbusters. And the focus became more and more about Slimer than Ghostbusting.
2: And right. it was more slapsticky, yes. Yes. Yeah. But if I had to jump to this era, the nineties I will also throw out a guilty pleasure of the extreme Ghostbusters. Because again, not great, but to me, beautiful. It was fun, man. Like that cartoon Mm -hmm. was fun.
0: All right. Smurphy, what about you?
1: For me, it would be the 1994, The Tick
0: animated Mm. series.
1: Talk about lighthearted, goofy, slapsticky, you name it. Every time I watched it, I laughed. So, uh... I didn't even know it was based off a comic book as a kid. I didn't find that until like later or they start doing comics of it. And the comics were just as fun. But I just remember like the silliness of like Face Chipmayle trying to carve his name into the moon and the tick stopping him. And like the Idea Men who always wore masks and whenever they talked no one could understand them. So no one could ever meet their demands cuz they didn't know what their ma- their demands were. <laughs> and like the- and like the other heroes that were in like the city he protected was just called the city. And he'd be like this is my the city (laughs) i'm just like oh my god don't even have a name for the city and it's just full of heroes and the other heroes were like horrible like there was sewer urchin which whenever he arrived everyone's like hey man everything's good here we 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 got it and he's like really you don't need my help they're like no why don't you just go back to the sewers and he's like are you sure they're like we're positive we got it man go and he's like okay and they leave and he'd be like god what's that that smell is awful and they'd leave I just laughed every time poor sewer urchin The human bullet. The human bullet. Yeah, yeah, it was useless, but great. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, that was just a super fun cartoon. That's why it's my guilty pleasure.
0: Well, for me, my guilty pleasure kind of encompasses a whole corner of an animated universe. You know, everybody likes to talk about how influential the X-Men was in the 90s, but not a lot of people will talk with such gusto about all of the other marvel 90s cartoons i think the only one that gets any kind of real attention is spider-man correct from uh from 1994 which interesting storytelling you know at least every season had like an overarching story right uh, that came from the comic books but it was very watered down for television and and kid consumption
2: well also, I feel like, and this isn't Spider-Man's fault, Like, and the reason I didn't have it on my list is because it felt like every, I want to say, so they'd get through one season and then they'd get like three episodes into the new season and then restart yeah. the whole season one. And it's like, well, come on. And then they'd get like halfway through season two, restart again. So it would take you forever just to get through one season of it because it ha- it kept restarting like three or four times. And it's like... I mm-hmm. thought they
1: did it with a lot of those, man. Sorry, like X Men Two. You know, I never was felt theme. that way with X Men. Really, I did. I feel like they kept playing the same first season episodes over and over again.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, but for, for for me, I I never it I never saw it disjointed like that. For me, it was the animation was not always great. That's fair. Yeah, to say. Uh, I mean, web swinging through the city was atrocious yes because they were trying to mix 3D animation for the the early 90s and and 2D animation and it just wasn't cutting it for me but not a lot of people really talk about the other shows like Iron Man and the Fantastic 4 and the Incredible Hulk all of those appeared in the 90s and if you remember because of the Spider-Man show they all except for the Hulk. Everybody showed up on the Spider-Man show except for the Hulk.
2: Yeah, for they all showed up for Secret Wars, which blew my mind to see yeah. Storm talking to the Lizard. Yeah.
0: And and that right there, the whole reason why the Lizard was put on the, you know, good side
2: was because he was filling in for the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Mm. Smart, yeah, Yeah. I- I still remember the theme for Iron Man where it's him banging the hammer going, I am Iron Man. I, and I love that. I love the Iron Man. Uh, I used to collect all the toys for all the different armors.
0: Ah, yes, because they were still selling toys. Let's not Mm -hmm. forget that.
2: I mean, Iron Man is the ideal Marvel character to sell toys from. Oh, you have regular Iron Man. Do you have, reverse color iron man <laughs> or Aqua iron samurai iron man was one i had i was like okay we're doing this yeah. huh
0: yeah but the funny thing about it is that you could also do that for batman as well yeah because it seems like they made a different batman Bat suit action right? figure for yeah. any kind of situation suit, batman yeah
2: jungle jungle fatigues batman <laughs> <laughs> laundry day batman yeah. just like giving an undershirt <laughs> in his underwear like right, with stains us. on it
1: yeah, got yeah three stains on it cooking barbecue batman let me ask you guys this question though when you were a kid watching these cartoons when they crossed over were you not just like giddy
2: oh yeah like you were like oh yeah, yeah my, my you talking own.
1: though yeah okay because i was gonna say like every time they crossed over i was like oh my gosh spider-man knows the x-men oh like that oh my god Batman and Superman yeah right you know like,
0: what oh my god like right yeah before you were before you were getting combined universes in films you were getting it in animation
2: right mm-hmm. there's so many good guilty pleasures out there these are just the ones we picked what about you out there listers? what are some of your guilty pleasure cartoon series let us know hit us up on our Instagram Facebook Twitter And let us know what your guiltiest pleasure is when it comes to cartoons.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. We have drained the super sugary milk from the bottom of our cereal bowls. And it is time for us to meet up with our friends and go play outside. Woo! Sun's out. Yeah, sun's out, guns out, baby. That's right. Time to grab our bikes and pretend we're goonies.
2: Yep. Let's go on an
0: adventure, guys. So while we're doing that, until next time, I'm Mr. X. I'm Smurfy, And I'm Pistol Danger. And keep believing in Saturday mornings. That's our show, folks. Tell
2: your friends and family about our program. What he means is you and everyone you know should subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on every app possible. Want to help support the show? Visit our Patreon page. We have a
0: variety of incentives at multiple tiers, sure to satisfy any and all hardcore geeks. You
1: can also follow us on social media where we post weekly comic picks, breaking news stories, and glimpses into our everyday geek lives.
0: Until next time, keep your turtle shells waxed, (laughs) your power rings charged, and your proton
1: packs prime. Ooh, what's this do?
2: No, Smurfy, not the containment unit. You got the touch. You got the power. Mhm. I uh, I I don't I don't appreciate either one. <laughs> Look what you started, Pistol. Biker mice from Mars. Was that the well, 80s? What? Yeah, I thought that was 90s, man. I was thought that, that? was I early it was late 90s. Late no, dude, no. My uh, apologies. I thought no, I, that don't... felt late 80s to me, but if not, okay. Well, hold on. You, well, hold on. Yeah. Well,
0: let me find out. By yeah, curve... Sorry. 1993. Yep.
2: Hm, okay. My apologies. Okay. And if you want, I'm sure there'll be a link in the description below.
0: Now, this is this is not YouTube. The link <laughs> will be in
2: the show notes. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> is wrong with me? My I my don't apologies. know. You're starting to throw me off, man. That's That's twice. Right? Yeah. everything is youtube da, 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 da. there will be a link in the dis i was doing it a ag- whole you were shit. you were doing it again oh my god there will be a link in the show notes below
0: they're not below you know what just, just say th- there will be a link to that episode in the show notes to this episode
2: all right there will be a link to that show in the show notes yeah, or don't say it. Don't
0: say what I said to say. Just say whatever the fuck <laughs> you want, because that works so well so far.
1: He's going off script. He's going off script. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, continue. My brain, no work, no more, gentlemen. I done now. Pistol's wrong again. Surprise! <laughs> <You're> surprise! <sure. laughs>